Hey folks, Duncan Kinney, host of The Progress Report here with a little bit of bonus content for you. In our last episode, uh, we had to cut out some of our conversation with Abdul Malik because, well, the news happened. The uh, Calgary City Council you know, gave $290 million to billionaires. The AUPE won an injunction against the UCP. So we had to cut out this conversation that we were having about the state of kind of visual journalism and really just the, the media landscape in Alberta. Uh, little known fact about myself. I was actually a working photojournalist for a couple of years, and Abdul has a lot of experience in that field as well. So we just wanted to clip this conversation, bring it out to you as a bit of bonus content. So enjoy. One thing that you might not know about me as a person is that I actually spent a lot of time of my life uh, taking pictures professionally. I was a... I have a journalism degree. I was a news photographer. I did an internship with the Edmonton Sun. I freelanced with the Calgary Sun for almost two years. I would say 18 months, maybe. Um, I have uh, an embarrassing amount of like time spent in newsrooms. And newsrooms are a particularly like, brain-poisoned part of our world. <laughs> and I think it's kind of worth talking about not necessarily my experience in photojournalism, but really just the kind of like the state of photojournalism, both in Alberta and how it how it relates to uh, like a, just a declining, you know, the declining superstructure of the like media ecosystem itself here in, in Alberta. Well, really actually, um, Duncan, as someone who watched uh, Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom, I think you were a brave, you're a brave warrior on the front lines of, of content and journalism, you know, really telling people uh, how it is and how it should be done. I, I still have not watched a, uh, like, I mean, I've, a couple of the like clips have showed up in my thing and they're like, they're fucking awful, but I, I've made a point to never, ever, ever watch. The Aaron Sorkin should, uh, at this point retire. <laughs> yeah. Retire bitch. Okay. Yeah. So, so in the context of this, I mean, you're, and you are also, you're not a, like a news photographer in the context of you working for a newspaper, but you do do a lot of news photography, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, sort of quickly explain the journey. Uh, you know, I was, uh, in film and video production back in Toronto. I moved here a couple of years ago, um, realized that, uh, making, uh, moving images is a means to no end because it's a very like labor and time and money intensive process. So I picked up a photography camera and started shooting. Right. And, um, Went to some protests, took some nice photos. Uh, next thing I know, people were paying me to do it. Next thing I know, um, you know, I bought like a house's worth of equipment through like just my freelance work. And now it's like a pretty, it's a pretty steady income on top of my like uh, regular job, which is also doing photo and video. So it's like, yeah, it's. Um, well, and the thing that really yeah. blew up for you was your photos of the confrontation between the like the activists and the folks who stopped the Edmonton pride parade and the people who were uh, agitated that people would, would dare to commit activism at a pride, parade. a legitimate right? pivot in my career. Right. Like that was really the point where I, I had people were actually calling me being like, Hey, can you, uh, can you take my photo or something like that? I'm like, why, why do you want me to take your photo? Out of curiosity. And they're like, Oh, I saw your photos of pride. And I'm like, do you, do you want me to take a photo of you fighting with your partner? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, um, <laughs> But no, it was it was actually like it was very warm and, and gentle and like the response to that, uh yeah, like my take home like uh work uh basically um my freelance just yeah, it it started like picking up a ton of steam after that, which was really welcome and really nice. And and I mean there this is this is still a job that exists like for now, like full time like photojournalist, but there are I mean, I, I I called around to the various newsrooms and this isn't like a fully one hundred percent certified number, but 
I think between the Star Metros in Calgary and Edmonton and the post media newsrooms in Calgary and Edmonton, we have 15 full time photojournalists in Alberta whose like job is to take pictures. And they're also not even like a lot of them uh, work uh, freelance for like Canadian press or Newswire and uh, sell their photos, right? And stuff like that, which is uh, a extremely stressful because you're competing with every other Newswire photographer in town, stuff like that. Um, and it's also just really sad. You know what I mean? Like we have. Um, some amazing photographers in Edmonton. We have Amber Bracken, who won, uh, I believe it was the World Press Photo Award for photos of Standing Rock, right? Um, still a freelancer. Obviously, she, she you know, is a working photographer and, and you know, probably on the Putting high the end. roof overhead. Yeah. yeah, on the high end of that scale. You know, her partner, Jason Franzen, same thing. Um, there's a great photographer who moved to Edmonton recently, a Hannah Lawson, right? Who's not just doing photography. She's doing uh, journalism at the St. Albert Gazette and photography is a component of that, right? Um, so a lot of times they've just rolled people into these jobs, like, oh, take a few photos on your phone, um, or here's one of the cameras from the newsroom, take a few pictures, send the uh, send them with your article and stuff like that, which is a pretty bankrupt way of doing things, you know? Uh, well, I mean, Metro has, um, I mean, the star metros in both uh, cities are like, I mean, they have tiny resources compared to the post media or CBC newsrooms, but they're those people are obviously. I, I feel those people are doing like, like the most honest work, right? But they don't have. There's one in Calgary, Edmonton, from what I understand. There's they one have, staff photographer. There's I like one both, part, yeah. like the three days a week, a staff yeah. photographer in in Edmonton, and then in Calgary, I think it's the same arrangement. Yeah, like I don't know who is currently doing it at the Star Metro, but Kevin Tuong, who uh, did it um, before the current person who's doing that. Uh, amazing photographer, right? But like, um, I I can't speak for him, obviously. But I'm sure the calculus was, oh, if I quit this job and made it, uh, and made it in freelance, it would probably be a lot better for me. Which is probably also an indication how much we take care of the labor pool and like modern journalism and stuff like that. So, like, just speaking in the context, the direct like how it was as a job. I mean, when you're doing it, you're like you're in your car almost all the time you're driving around, you usually have like a police scanner on in case someone gets shot or there's like an emergency. You're a nightcrawler. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like nightcrawler, but it's, it's like, but it's much, it's much, low it's, stakes, not a, yeah. Yeah, it's much more low stakes, especially in like Calgary or Edmonton. Right. And so, um, and it's just incredibly isolating to just drive around all the time. Like I hate driving. Like I have a job now where I drive for my work, practically not at all. And I am a much happier person. Oh, I'm the opposite. I mean, it makes me a bad leftist, but uh, the only way I consume theory is via like audiobooks and podcasts while I'm driving. Um, there you go. So it's like, uh, but I totally get that, right? It's extremely, I mean, photography in general is a strangely uh, lonely yet social profession, right? Yeah, like you're, you, you have to interact with people, especially when you're doing portraiture, right? Like you've got to be like, okay, I'm going to be in your space. I'm going to tell you how to look so that you actually don't look like a gorped out person and then I can make you look good. Like, like you to be able to do that in a in a in an appropriate and tender way to get like a good photo of someone is like is actual real hard work. And before I even did news photography, I spent almost nine months a year assisting to like commercial photographers whose most whose primary position was like they had big Hasselblads. They were doing a lot like corporate portraiture work. Like again, that's a it's a hard it's a hard job. It's a real job. It's real work. But man, it's like, oh, I don't, I mean, I'm glad I washed out of the profession. I, I like what I'm doing now, but like, oh man. It's backbreaking too, right? We don't often talk about the fact that um, even like our high-end commercial photographers, people who are essentially freelancing at the best step they could, right? They don't get benefits as a function of their job, right? They, 
um, are oftentimes like stringing together uh, eight or nine gigs at once, you know, kind of banging them out and then taking two weeks to edit and then running back into the field. Right. And they're still organizing their schedules while they're doing all of this as new clients come in, stuff like that. And like all for what, right. Your, your oh. take home isn't going to be more than when I was freelancing yeah. for the Calgary sun, I want to say it was like $150 a day, no gas. Which is like, uh, I mean, that's like Uber money, right? Yeah. 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 With and plus you got to haul around like six thousand dollars worth of camera gear. Yeah, and insurance doesn't come cheap either, right? right. On mm-hmm. your equipment, uh, you know, there's like two companies that insure camera equipment uh, professionally, and if you ha- file a claim, you actually have to when you renew, you have to actually justify why you deserve to be renewed, which is insane. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that is ridiculous. Okay. Okay. I think it's enough time spent nerding out on like camera stuff. And, and, and I think, I think news photography and photojournalism is like, it's hard to discuss. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's fundamentally visual medium. It is extremely isolating. There's just so few people actually doing it that it is like incredibly difficult to get them to talk about it. It's like, and it's also just the fact that so much our media again is consumed visually. Right. So it's like what, what separates someone who picks up a camera and starts taking photos versus someone who's perhaps a little more sensitive to the material, right? I did a gig for Boyle Street uh, Community Services, which is a group in Edmonton that, you know, supports um, basically marginalized people, at-risk people um, in Edmonton, right? They say, oh, well, you know, unless someone here had already vouched for you, we would have said no. Right. Um, on the basis of so many people come here trying to like fetishize poverty in some way. Right. And stuff like that. And I think that's really interesting because it's it's very much like, you know, photography has become a clout driven economy. Um, and like in a lot of ways, you know, I consider myself like extremely um, lucky. Right. Uh, in as much as um, I'm able to actually take photos of things I care about. You know, I have a regular list of clients that pay me to take photos of things I agree with and sort of trust my process and trust the intention. Right. Um, which, uh, even though it makes less than like a newsroom is still, um, like a good feeling overall, you know, I don't feel like I'm giving anything up yet, but uh, also I would sell out in a second. So if anyone's <laughs> listening to this, please uh, give me a call. Please. Uh, I am for sale. Okay. I do want to close out with a, a little hilarious piece from my past. And this is a, a job performance review of my time as an intern with the Edmonton Sun between the times of December 27th, December 2007 to March 2008. This is written by uh, a guy who doesn't work in the industry anymore, who's selling Kias and who was uh, an absolute. Hell uh, yeah, like... Kia Soul, best <laughs> starter car out there. Um, you know, a fantastic vehicle. Uh, don't buy cars, but if you do buy a Kia Soul, it will last you about half as long as a Toyota for half the price. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh, that that was a very sweet and low-key sponsored post from, <laughs> from Abdul. Okay, so. Uh, but he, ban cars entirely. Actually, <laughs> if you want a real Kia Soul, it'll be a train. There you um, go. Yeah. Agreed. So he starts off by talking about you know, my stated guest quest and goal to become a full-time photographer, videographer, and not a reporter photographer, which I mean, is some kind of hilarious lingo from, I guess, 12 years ago now, but he, he goes on about, <sighs> all right, here we go. This, this is, this is the meat of it. We push students harder and have a higher level of final results in production than any other department that I know of. We let students know well before they get here that we will not lower our standards for work ethic and final results for any student. We push the students very hard so that they will be good enough to get a full-time photography staff job here or at any other newspaper anywhere in Canada. 
This has led us to banging heads and disagreeing with several students over the years as to how good and how far a student might go in the business. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, like that, I'm going to actually stop you there for a second. That one's really interesting to me because I'm not sure if people know this about photography as an idea, um, but your sort of longevity or entry into the profession is not really based on talent. Um, Talent helps a lot, right? But it's based on access. Um, Like, and, and I think that's something that these people don't, well, and the relationship yeah. with your boss, too, well, especially in a newsroom, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, for people who want to make a full-time career doing like professional photojournalism or like documentary gigs, right? Like I would call Nat Geo photographers or mm. uh, Getty photographers, like um, I would call them photojournalists, yeah. right? Like, um, But like, even for me, like one of the reasons I, um, like my career blew up after the Pride stuff, right? Was because I had access to this thing that happened that is not repeatable that other people did not have access to, right? Like everyone, every journalist who was covering the pride parade at that point was playing catch up uh, about halfway through that protest when I was right in the middle of it. Right. And me as a 23 year old in Edmonton, a city I didn't, <sighs> didn't live in, didn't have any network or connection and essentially going out on assignments, being told to take portraits of X person or go cover Y sports game. Right. Yeah. And like even, even a lot of photographers I know blow up on the basis of self-directed projects they pitch to other people, right. Just cause they have access or they need the institutional backing to be able to like legitimize them going into a certain space. Right. All right. And, and he goes on to kind of talk about how hard he is on people. And if, if you can survive, if you can make it through, survive and produce to a, to a high level during your internship at the Edmonton Sun, then you can survive at any newspaper in Canada. It's framed as survival as opposed to like an actual job. I mean, it is a pretty doggy dog profession. I will actually know the Edmonton community is pretty supportive, but like in general, it's a pretty, uh, yeah, just media in general. So fucking rabid. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you consume people or they leave to do something else like sell Kia's Kia soul, the car of the people. <laughs> Dunk, um, here's, here's where it gets into the, like the stuff where I'm, I still read 12 years later and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> Duncan does seem to enjoy and is easily impressed with most of the photographs that he takes and puts a higher opinion on his work than we do when it comes to critically judging his own photography work. This is currently one of the biggest causes of us being on a different page than Duncan as far as his current photography abilities are concerned. Do they expect you to be like, you know, like fucking Bruce Gilden or something? <laughs> like, I don't know. What do they what do they want from you? Did they want Afghan girl every day? Um, I'm know. just I'm very curious as to what what their baseline for uh, good, what good photography is. Uh, yes. Uh, Duncan should also be aware of how others perceive him in the workplace. It is the only way he'll, he will improve his working relationships wherever he works in the future. Near the end of his internship, I tried to shop him around to other areas of the newsroom. I was taken aback a bit with the responses I received from other editors. Both the city desk and an editor with the website said in different conversations that they did not really like Duncan's attitude and that they were not interested in having him work with them in either department. I asked famous uh, bad boy of Canadian journalism, Duncan Kinney, <laughs> um, you know, tearing up hearts and newsrooms wherever he went. Uh, I mean, is this, is this a bad thing that I did not get along with the like people who boss? worked at the Edmonton sun, <laughs> but even with the, like the bosses at the Edmonton sun of all of the content. They're probably like the shittiest people in, in, in an industry known for like having uh, shitty bosses, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Um, the sun is was a trash paper, and its like worst elements are now like thriving at at the journal, right? Um, it's just crazy to yeah. It's just a really funny um you know piece of feedback to get. Uh, and also the amount of time invested in it, as I think especially um 
incredible, right? This, this, I mean, this guy wrote a two and a half page like screed about this guy who did three months interning at his newspaper. Single or double space? <laughs> Single space. Look, look. Holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like that's an, uh, a fun and uh, not at all embarrassing for me way to go out uh, talking about photojournalism and with Abdul Malik. Abdul, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Oh, thank you. How can people get a hold of you? How can people follow your work? Um, I am a clout shark, so you can find me on Twitter at Abdul, A-B-D-U-L-Y-M-A-L-I-K. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts. It's Kino, K-I-N-O, Lefter, L-E-F-T-E-R. Um, you can also find the show on Twitter as well with the same uh, handle, Um you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, you can also check out my photography at my uh, rarely updated website, uh, abdulymalik.photo. Um, the .photo domain is uh, brutally expensive to maintain, so please hire me. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also just uh, at any time just shoot me an email, abdulymalik uh, at gmail.com if you want to get in touch or if you have any questions about you know photography, films, podcasting. Um, or if you just want to send me death threats, because I get a lot of those these days. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Woohoo. All right. Again, thank you, Abdul. Thank you for being on the show. Check out Kino Lefter if you haven't. And goodbye. <laughs>